Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Family and Stories podcast, where each story reveals the love and the grace of God in a unique way. And we have some wonderful guests with us today. I'm Grandpa Jimmy, your host, and it's a privilege to bring these amazing stories to you. We have all heard it said, decisions determine destiny. And it's true. Our future has everything to do with the decisions we make. However, decisions are never made in a vacuum. Although we tend to evaluate how our decisions will change our lives, they often do more to change the lives of those around us than we could have ever imagined. And that is especially true when it comes to our children. My guests today probably understand that about as well as anyone. They made a huge life-changing decision that, as it turned out, may have been as much about the lives of their five children as their own. So it's my privilege to welcome from Woodland Park, Colorado, Gary and Diane Lukey. Thank you guys for coming. Well, thanks, Jim. Thanks for having yes, us. Yes, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Well, we have known these people for 15 years. Shirley, say hi, hon. Shirley's on this with me today, my lovely wife. Hi, everyone. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We have all known each other for about 15 years, I think. Yeah. And uh, these are some wonderful, wonderful people. I want to start by just asking you to tell us just a little bit about your family. You can go ahead. All right. All right. Yes, uh, Jim, as you know, we have uh, five uh, kids and now uh, adults. Uh, We have uh, Kristen, who is now 30 years old, and and, uh, Emma is in uh, Europe. And she is 28 years old. Uh, Renee is in uh, Arizona, and she is 24. And uh, our last two uh, kids have been boys. And uh, Alan is 24, and Jacob is... No, well, he's 22. Alan is 22, and yes. Jacob is 19. Yep. See, that's why she should have done this. Jim. <laughs> See, I, I, Diane, you should have taken over no, right I just... away. <laughs> I just remember well, that, I could have messed it up, I, too. I remember when I met you, your kids were so little. Yeah, they were. <laughs> yes. And now they're all men and women. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, you have gray hair now. <laughs> I know. And not as much. Diane doesn't have any gray hair. My lovely wife, Shirley, doesn't have any gray hair. It's just you and me. How do they do that? I, I don't know how they do that. It's a miracle. It's a Well, about 17 years ago, you were working as an executive with uh, Toyota Lexus uh, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And I think you probably had a pretty good salary, a lot of benefits, and your retirement was probably a a foregone conclusion. It was a, a pretty good certainty. Yet you and Diane made a decision that some looking on might say was foolish. So tell us about that. What happened exactly? (laughs) Okay. Well, let me uh, preface it. Yeah, my background, even with my dad and my grandpa, uh, they worked for large companies. There was security, you know, with the salary, uh, benefits. Really, my whole family, from my dad, my grandpa, uh, aunts, uncles, they all had the traditional company jobs where um, not a lot of risk. There was a level of security with that, and I followed the same steps. I went to college, and I went to work with. Uh, first, I went to work with Nissan, and then I, uh, after about four and a half years, I went to work for Toyota and Lexus, and I gradually just worked my way up, uh, what you would call the corporate ladder. And uh, you know, with that, the salary was increasing. Uh, yes, as you said, the benefits were great. Uh, 
anywhere from all of the insurances you can think of to um, the, the various health benefits, uh, the 401ks, uh, even a pension uh, as I retired. So in terms of financial security, I was on the right path doing the right thing. Uh, but there came a point in time, I was with them for about 13 years, there came that time where I actually asked myself and told myself, there's got to be more to life than a paycheck. And in a sense, that started us uh, down the path of making a change. Uh, But really, Diane, before I was even uh, there, Diane had started sensing uh, the change for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we'd made the trip to Colorado and came to visit Bible College out here and and um, I don't know I just and people at your uh, uh, at Toyota where you work too they said if you ever become a pastor they could just see that in you I think because just how you would share things about the Lord with some of your co-workers or at lunchtime and stuff like that they would be like if you ever have a church that they would uh, they would come to it and everything. So I think I saw that in Gary and knew that there was something in there that he needed to just learn more, study more the Word. And well, you know, one thing I, I learned about you very quickly, Gary, was that you had a pastor's heart. It was obvious the way that you cared for people, mm-hmm. loved people, yes. wanted to take care and help people. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what was churning in your heart when you were back in uh, Iowa. Yeah, it was, and you almost sense like, why am I so discontent? And afterwards, you realize it's really the beginning process of the calling uh, to follow God. So I asked myself if I could go do anything and Toyota would pay my salary for the next three years, what would I go do? Would I go start a business? Would I go vacation in Hawaii? Um, Or would I go to Bible college? And almost instantly, that's what came up, is I would go to Bible college. So were, then you, that, were you afraid of that? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And then that little voice inside, which I thought was my own head and my own voice, said, so you'll go ahead and trust Toyota to pay for you while you go to Bible college, but you won't trust me. And oh, my goodness. And that really hit me. Were you, were you ever uncomfortable, Diane? No, not really. I think that's what it was. I think it has to be a good thing <laughs> that I just, it quickened in me more so that, and I, I had to kind of back off and not push, but I, I think because I, I saw that vision, um, and it was just in my heart, and I was just wanting to be an encouragement to him. But he would say back, like, how could we ever do that with five kids? And, you know, and, uh, you know, are you prepared to give up here? We live in a nice two story home, beautiful neighborhood. And, you know, and the kids, we couldn't do it. We had three cars, only two drivers, a big conversion van, a boat. We had, we had a lot of the toys. So, you know, what's interesting to me is it's usually the woman who yeah. tends to be a little bit more security-minded and a little yeah. less willing to give those things up. Yet in this case, yeah. Diane, you just felt like it was something you absolutely needed to do. Yes, I did. And it was just, uh, there's just different things that just um, wouldn't go away. And the Lord just kept, you know, encouraging me in my heart that it was just the right thing to do and, and that he would take care of us. And, so and so how old were your children then at that time? They, two our youngest yes, was two, he, and our oldest was twelve, and everywhere in between. And and it wasn't <laughs> two; it was five children you had to care for. 
Fine. Yes. So, which made it a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. And, and Gary would say, well, if we move to Colorado, are you prepared to give up this home and then not see me and then live in like a, a mobile home park? Or And I was just like, yes, I'll do that. You know, whatever it takes. Is, I just know that God will provide for us. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad you made it. You brought the whole family. You came in. And, of course, you didn't come out to a big job or anything, did no. you? I mean, you went right to school. Yeah. This totally went against the grain of the way I was raised to what my comfort level was totally rocked. But there was something deep down, though, that I knew it was right. And I knew I could trust God. And what I was doing is I was trusting God for other things that I really didn't have to believe in, but I could trust him. Mm-hmm. But it's really where the rubber met the road. Am I willing to trust him to be my provider? And that's what I had to really deal with. And once I made that decision, though, I knew that there was a lot of unknowns and a lot of uncertainties. But for whatever it was, I had that faith. She had. I knew it was important for me that Diane backed me. I couldn't do it if she wasn't there. You know, I understand that. When we went out to California, when we left everything and went out there to help start a church, we were kind of in that same position. And if Shirley wouldn't have been on board with me, it never would have happened. Right. <laughs> it just it just would not have you happened. You need that support. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. Well, how did it progress for you over, the, say, that 12 years that you were part of uh, AWMI? What, tell me what happened just in kind of a very quick uh yeah. Well, it, it started when I felt like uh, we were moving our furniture out in a couple of uh, Penske trucks, and I really felt on the way out here, the Lord was uh, spoke to my heart and said, you know, Gary, this is not just about you coming to Bible college. This is about your entire family. And that's where I believe the journey truly began. I went to the Bible college, uh, did three years there. Uh, they hired me as the night school director. I remember that. You remember that? <laughs> yes, I do. Jim, you had a big part to play. I remember you yes. said, job. You went, really? Night school director? <laughs> yeah. And it probably paid enough to pay for one week's groceries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of a, a different um, type of situation to walk through. Uh, but again, there's, you know, there's multiple testimonies I can share with you how God provided along the way. From starting school to even continuing through being at the ministry, and the Lord blessed uh, the hand, uh, the work that was done, and continued to um, elevate my position, and uh, I became the the director of the school, and then I uh, also became a a vice president of the uh, over many locations. So the Lord. uh, Used the faithfulness, I believe, and the skills and talents that I. Um, developed over time uh, to hopefully bless the kingdom is the way I like to look at it. And I know you ended up in a uh, executive position in the ministry, and I think you had responsible uh, responsibility at one time for maybe as many as four hundred people that were. Yeah, there was about uh, seventy locations uh, throughout the U.S. and internationally, um, and then of course the main campus here. So I believe it did total up to about four hundred at one time. So that's how it affected the two of you and where you were headed. And now let's get to what I really wanted to talk about. What has happened with your children during this time? Because it's changed their lives, has it not? If you wouldn't have moved out here, they would not be doing what they're doing. I believe that that's true. That's true. Give us a couple of examples. So uh, Kristen, our oldest, um, as you know, Jim and Shirley, um, Kristen ended up at 17 years old. Uh, going to the Bible college, but also working 
um, at the ministry and sitting across the cubicle from Shirley. And uh, so you, she, you remember uh, that, right, huh? I do. I was blessed to have her as my cubicle mate. And then over time, uh, she ended up uh, meeting another fellow student, and uh, they started courting, and uh, they ended up getting married a few years ago, and and now they have produced uh, our first biological grandchild here, born in January of this year. So yeah, it's we've been blessed by uh, what has happened. She met her husband here, yes. not in Iowa, not in here Iowa, here. in Colorado. Yes. yes, yes. So you said your biological granddaughter. Now you have another one that's your granddaughter as well. Tell us about that. Oh yes, and yes. her adopted mom. And her adopted mom is our second daughter, Emma. And uh, Emma is a missionary in Europe through ordained by God to meet this orphaned, abandoned uh, little girl. In a Roma community, in a, in a hospital. One thing Last we're not going to say on this podcast is some of the locations and what's involved because some of this is so critical that, that it's not known publicly yet. So we're just going to talk in generalities about this. But here's something that's interesting. How old was Emma when she took off to Europe the first time? When she took off, that would have been a little over, well, as an intern, that was six years ago. And so she would have been 22 years old. So at 22 years old, your daughter bravely went to Europe. and She's been in three in a sense, living in three different European countries. She's been in uh, Germany, and in Hungary, and in the Ukraine. So Hungary and Ukraine aren't exactly plush, are they? Uh, in particular, the Ukraine and the areas uh, where this mm-hmm. little girl is from. Um, you know, really, though, uh, Berlin and uh, Budapest are pretty developed in a way, maybe not quite as progressive, but um, they're, they're pretty on top of things. For the most part. You know, one of the things, Diane, I, I can't imagine is my little girl. And, you know, at 22 or 3, she was still my little girl, even though she's well into her 40s now. But I can't imagine her going off to a, almost a third world country. And I'm going, is my little girl going to be safe? She only weighs 110 pounds. <laughs> I mean, that's got to cross your mind. Yeah. I think, well, when she was younger, too, and she's, her testimony is like when she was about eight years old, that she felt the Lord's calling her to the mission field full time. So you could just see that, that in her. And as a parent, you just don't want to get in the way of what God's doing in her life. And, and so I think that part made it a little bit easier. Um, and to see her happy and fulfilled, but there were there were tears seeing her off, and oh, and uh, we dropped her off at the airport uh, for that first time, and we were all sobbing on the way <laughs> home. And one of our kids remarked, "We said we're going to stop at Chick Fil A in Castle Rock on the way home." It's like, oh, that's good because it's like it's like a Morgan. This feels like it was silent and lots yeah. of sniffles and tears. Yeah. So those are challenging times, but you know that she's doing the right thing. And so your other children are also uh, engaged in, in, in different things. Your younger boys are, they're probably college age now, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Jacob is our youngest. He's 19, and he's currently studying for the ACT. And I believe he's going to go to the community college here and um, has now two jobs, two part-time jobs. And uh, 
working his way there. And, and then our 22-year-old, uh, he's working valet at a hospital uh, here in uh, Colorado Springs and pursuing the things that he feels God's called him to do as well. So you're, you're seeing uh, the lives of your children blessed almost in every way. And mm-hmm. now, if, if I remember right from talking to you, your kids, they, they didn't go through this adolescent stage of rebellion, did they? I mean, you got five of them. You'd have think one or two of them would have had a wild streak, but apparently not. And then Renee, too. We have Renee, and just yes. uh, to include her, mm-hmm. that she's uh, our 24-year-old that's living in Arizona right now. But mm-hmm. She pursued cosmetology school about three or four years ago, and so that's her, her trade. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but to, back to that question. But yeah, we, um, I, I don't know, Jim. We just feel just tremendously blessed mm-hmm. by the decisions that the the kids have made. It's not like they make every decision right, and it's not like everything is perfect or anything that way. But I can tell you that every one of them are born again. Every one of them are filled with the Spirit. They have their own relationship with the Lord, and they're following you know what God has called them to do. And some of it is unknown at the time, but we have the confidence that they're being pointed and being led uh, by God in all of these things. But we, they did not go through that, um, what we would call the traditional rebellion um, or that adolescence uh, periods. Um, they, they have not done that. You know, that's a, <clears throat> that's a blessing, and Sean and I understand that. I think we experienced pretty much the same thing. And one of the things that we found is it's, it's a little hard sometimes to talk about your kids because... Yeah. So many of our friends and so many people that you know uh, haven't had that kind of a life with their kids. And the whys and hows and so forth, we're not here to discuss that or or judge anybody or do anything like that. Who knows? Because every person, every child still has to make their own decisions in life, even when they're teenagers. So we we don't know the heart of everybody that's involved. So we're not trying to judge anything. But, But one thing I do know is that uh, and many parents can say this, not only did you love your kids with all of your heart, but you lived it. From my perspective, you lived at home what you did in public. What you said in public was part of your life at home, and I think that has a lot to do with it. Do you think so? Or? I think so. There, there really, I don't think, at least in our minds, uh, what we did in public or uh, outside of the home, it was relatively consistent on the inside of the home as well. And, uh, you know, you just live life, and um, you, you love on one another, and you, you work through the things that need to be worked through, and you just keep on going. The Lord has proven himself faithful, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, uh, I almost don't have to ask this question because of the outcome, but would you do it again? <laughs> I would. I would. You know, if I had to be honest with myself, though, um, I have occasionally looked back, you know, simply because of the the uh, security and the stability that I had. Um, I have looked back, and I shouldn't have. The Bible says not to look back um, on things, um, but I would not. Uh, I would not change it because, again, uh, we're seeing the fruit of that decision to follow Christ with all of our heart. Basically, Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God. By giving up everything and coming out to the Bible school uh, was my way of answering that particular verse to seek him first. I have zero regrets um, over doing it. It's been a great journey. 
You know, we could have played it safe. It's not over either, my it's friend. It's not. We could, have, we could have played it safe and, and been comfortable, and I believe we still would have been blessed, but I don't think we would have been as fulfilled. We've had some ups. We've had some downs. We've had some challenges like every other family and everybody that we know. But I wouldn't trade it for the world, and it's been a great journey. And, again, we're seeing the fruit of every one of our children and that relationship that they have, I believe, um, a lot of it um, started. There was something that was birthed when we made that decision to follow Christ at that time with all of our heart. Yeah, I, I think what, what you're saying now is so important because God's blessing on our life is dependent upon us following him to a degree. And a lot of what he has planned for us and, very importantly, our children is based on the decisions people make early in life like mm-hmm. you guys did. Yeah. And now it, the fruit of it is really beginning to show up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it just automatically falls in place. No, it doesn't. We have to pursue. Except for us, right, Shirley? It just fell into place. Everything was smooth, <laughs> man, right, huh? Well, I you, wish. <laughs> well, you guys are perfect. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you were thinking, honey, not to get off this subject. But when we first moved to California, it was you and me and the kids with no promises, no job, one what were you thinking during that time? Well, I was the one that drug my feet. Well, you might have a little. Um, you you were convinced that the Lord wanted us to do that, and I I hesitated. Uh, we had no guarantees either when we got out there. Didn't know a soul, except for the other family that we helped start the church with. That's true. And so it was... New territory for me, leaving everybody, my family behind. and It was, but you know what's really interesting, honey, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, once we got there and we got in the middle of it, she was 100% in it with me. I mean, there was yeah. never a time when we looked back to Egypt. Well, I wouldn't say never. There was never a time <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if we did the right thing. But, yeah. but generally speaking, we were there and we were there to stay, Yeah, just like you guys yeah, were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a decision that changed our whole family. As well, yeah. just like you're experiencing with your I think kids. sometimes we feel that when we make these decisions that everything's going to be nice and rosy and uh, mm-hmm. everything's going to go so smoothly when you follow the Lord like that. But really the promise is just the opposite. The examples we see are just the opposite in Scripture that, man, there's a lot of trouble that follows believers that are really pursuing the Lord. The devil's after them. You know? That is and, for sure. Yeah, so it doesn't mean it's easy when we talk about these things. You know, one thing I've learned, I just crossed my mind just now. Uh, I'm we're, we're going on 71 years old now. And it's really true. The things of the world do grow strangely dim. The only thing Shirley and I can take to heaven with us is our family. That's it. There's nothing else going. That becomes the most important thing in life. And you guys are experiencing that in a beautiful way. Diane, let me ask you this one question. What would you say is the most important outcome of that decision some 18 years ago? Or do you, maybe you can't give just one. Um, um, is that in Third John where it says, there's no greater joy than to see my children walk in the truth. And just to see over the years how they do have that relationship. And that's would a, you, that's do a great you, verse. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no greater joy. We think of a lot of different things that bring us joy and happiness on this earth. But to see your children walk in that truth. Yeah, know, there John, is John nothing says, better. There is nothing, nothing better. better than that. We're talking like deep fulfillment here, for sure. Absolutely. Right. 
and and there's a peace that comes from that uh, that so many times we see parents whose kids are having difficulties and they're always under stress they're always under turmoil because like your mom used to say Shirley when your kids are little they step on your toes but when they're grown they step on your heart and when they start stepping on your yeah. heart, yeah. that is a tough one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly happened in a lot of families, I know. Well, before we go, you have just recently, in 2018, made another life-changing decision. Talk about that. <laughs> okay, well, um, I was uh, with the ministry for about 12 years, and I just uh, sensed that uh, my season was uh, beginning to end. Um, and that the Lord had something different for me. And uh, so I, I resigned uh, from the ministry. Again, I was in a very good position. Um, I felt like I had a lot of influence and a lot of things in the natural and spiritual. Really. So you keep making these decisions at the peak of your career. I do. There's something wrong. <laughs> something I get it. I get it. I, I've wondered that. I've looked back on that. <laughs> More than once. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I resigned from the ministry without truly knowing the next step. And, and you were on board again, right, Diane? Yes, I, yeah, I was. I was on board. Yeah, I could just, I think we kind of could feel it together. Mm-hmm. It just feeling like there's just a change and, and um, another step of faith. To, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not always easy, but well, you just feel it, you know. To, you are right now in the beginning stages of starting a new ministry. Just give us a little bit about that. Yeah, we are, Jim. And I just felt about a month or so, six weeks ago, uh, the release to go ahead and pursue that. Um, but we've been truly touched um, by Emma. By Emma and um, her basically rescuing this abandoned little girl out of a hospital crib. Um, she's two years old and um, again abandoned. And um, Emma um, pursued and uh, had a, a temporary uh, medical custody for three years uh, with that girl. And what we have seen is the love of God in Emma to um, just give out, pour out her love, which we all know is the Lord's love, to that little girl. And we have seen such a change in that little girl. It's just touched our hearts. It's mm-hmm. changed so much. And it's, it's almost like a physical, um, tangible love that has been demonstrated, that has produced this change. And, and now if you see this little girl, um, it, it's, and, and she's really, she has... She's going to be cere- sick, six next she'll month. Be six next month, but she has cerebral palsy, but she's the, uh, talking about great joy. Uh, she has a, a smile that just lights up a room. Even when she was real little like that, there's just, yeah. you could see that in her and it's still there on so, her. So watching that birth something in you too? Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. And what we realized is um, every single life matters to the Lord. He sent, I believe, truly believe, he sent Emma six years ago to Europe and knew that Emma was going to go to that hospital and then be touched by that little girl. And I feel like the Lord really rescued that little girl through Emma. He went after the one. Yeah, didn't you say the birth of that child and Emma's decision corresponded somehow? I don't know if that's something you could... So it was um, Emma interned her first summer in uh, Germany and um, in July of that year uh, she felt in her heart um, the Lord say if I called you here I think to Europe 
um, to Germany to serve EI, would you come? Would you follow? And that would have been in July of 2014. And, uh, of course, she answered yes. Uh, she she uh, was there for a couple of years. Um, this is a long story, but I'm going to cut it short, Jim. Uh, it turns out that the little girl um, that we're talking about, um, she was actually born the same month in the same year uh, that Emma was called out to Europe, but they didn't meet until two years later. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it, and again, it just shows the hand of God uh, on that little girl's life, Emma's life, our whole family's life. Um, there's something here that is... Just, so your, your new ministry that you're bringing is going to do what exactly? It's going to start and it's going to launch, um, you know, with the concept of every single life does matter. And what we want to do uh, through Emma to establish uh, homes and um, where uh, she can bring in, say, about 10 children in a home, some with special needs. Uh, It's very important for those children to uh, have a sense of family, have a sense of feeling like they have a home. Um, And there's currently relationships and partnerships going on uh, with Montessori schools uh, we want to offer um, therapy for those children that need therapy. In this. So it's not an orphanage, but it's really to help take care of orphans. In this part of Europe, orphans are, it's a real problem uh, in Europe. They're, They're almost, almost like, like throwaway children. children. Well, and they have children because the government will pay them in the, to have children and, and support them. So it is, um, there's a lot of orphans abandoned, and um, we just... It, it just tugs on our heart to be able to try helping. Uh, you know, we're not going to change the country, but we do believe that every we could change one by one. And uh, so that's our goal, is to help establish those homes, help care for uh, special needs, to just at-risk children in general, uh, provide an education, provide a family atmosphere, get them the, uh, the physical therapy if they need physical therapy, and then go be a blessing to the community. There's Sounds to me like you have a career now for the in up until the end of your life. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get that one accomplished in the next few years. I believe we're just getting going, and and uh, that's the way we're looking at it. We're moving forward, and uh, God has a lot to show us, and we're ready to plow that ground. Well, what would you say to people who are contemplating life changing decisions? You got any advice? <laughs> You know, you don't ever want to live life saying, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have done that, but we didn't have enough. Some call it faith, some call it guts. Uh, We we operate in fear, and um, if we could just get into the Word um, and and build ourselves up in the Word full of faith, um, I would just say, go for it. You know, even if we make mistakes, we've all made mistakes, the Lord will correct them. And uh, so I would say, go for it. Let's not play it conservative. Uh, let's not play it safe, but let's go for it. And, you know, one of the important things is to not get caught up in vain imaginations as well. That's you know, right. I've seen so many young people, they come up with some great vision out here, and they want to charge toward it, and they've never thought it through. They've never counted the cost. They've never done any of that. They haven't sought counsel or anything at all. That's right. And then they do fail in the end, and it's very disappointing. So I think one of the important things is, is if you're going to make a decision like that, Take the time to know it's God, and then once you do, act. That's a great point, for sure. Now, there's so many, I think, that have acted a little too quickly. 
I thought that a few times when we went to California. <laughs> well, we, we all do when things don't seem to always work out the way we want them to. That's for sure. Well, you know what? I thank you two so much for coming and being part of this podcast today. If someone wanted to help you, do you have a name for your ministry? I think you... We do have a name, um, but we don't have anything really set up just yet. This is the very beginning phases, but we are going to call it One Life Matters because, again, we, we believe that every single life, whether it's uh, in, the, in the womb, pre-born, uh, to the, the minute someone takes their last breath, every single life matters to God. It does. If someone wanted to get a hold of you, contact you, help with this, know more about it, how could they do it? You know what? They can reach out to us by email. I could give you our, our email. Go ahead. It's uh, my name. It's Gary.Lukey, L-U-E-C-K-E, and then the number one at gmail.com. And uh, I'd love to just visit and talk and and uh, just share more and mm-hmm. answer any questions that anybody has. It's a great Any journey. of you who want to know more about this, uh, be sure and get a hold of Gary and Diane. And uh, what they're going to do, I I think it's going to become something wonderful. And it's going to affect a lot of kids. I am so impressed with what your daughter is doing over there. To believe this young girl on her own took on that kind of responsibility in a third world country is beyond me. I don't. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, good. Would you do it, Charlie? No, I, no, I can't I imagine having done that. What yeah, courage yeah. that would take. It takes a lot of faith. And so she's really starting this work that you guys are launching. Yes, yes. Which is wonderful. So thank you very much for coming and talking about making decisions today. I appreciate it so much, guys. Thank you for having us. So those of you who are listening, just remember this. You too have a story, and it's probably better than you think, and we would love to hear it. Your story may change somebody's life. So you can get a hold of me at mygrandpajimmy at gmail.com. Tell us your story, and we'd love to have you on the podcast. And remember, I also have a book out there that's called Wrinkly Brinkly for Kids 8 to 12 Years Old. It's the story of a teased and tormented little beaver that just wants to be loved and respected by others, something a lot of kids are familiar with. I think they'll love the story, and those who have read it haven't been able to put it down. So God bless you, and thank you all for listening. 